proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to remember how to interact with people in person. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about board game conventions. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Funny Pages, The Search for Planet X, and Jackpot Payout. Then, we discuss how we think board game conventions will be different going forward. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. For those of you who are not aware, we just celebrated our fifth podiversary! Woohoo! <laughs> yes, we have been podcasting for five full years now, which is a little bit hard to believe at times that it's been that mm-hmm. long. But in celebration of our five-year anniversary, our sponsor, Gray Fox Games, is offering up a couple of really awesome prizes to you guys, our listeners. So we're doing a giveaway. All you have to do to enter is send an email with the subject line popcorn <laughs> and the reason for that is it's a random word. It just, there's no reason for that. So don't like try and read into it. But popcorn needs to be the subject line by itself. And in the body of the email, you're going to tell us two things. You're going to tell us your favorite thing about the podcast and a topic that you would like Ambie and I to discuss in the future. And are we trying to look for new ideas for podcast themes? Yes, that we are. And we're not ashamed to say so because after five years, sometimes it's tough. If you want to get a bonus entry into the contest, in that same email, include a screenshot of a review that you have written about our podcast for one of the random podcast apps, whichever one you happen to use. If you've written us a review, whether that was three, four years ago or yesterday, take a screenshot of that review and send it to us. Just because we like knowing that people are interacting with our podcast on the podcast Mm -hmm. apps. So what can you win, you may be asking yourself. Well, we have two awesome prizes available thanks to Gray Fox Games. One of those is a family game night bundle that includes copies of three different games, Draw Your Own Conclusions, Zoned Out, and Felix. You'll get all three of those games. The other prize is a Kickstarter pledge for After the Empire. So the thing about this one is because it is from delivering from the Kickstarter, it will not get to you for about six months because that Kickstarter has not fulfilled yet. So if you want to get the Kickstarter bundle for this After the Empire, it will be a little while, but you can still win a copy. So thank you to Gray Fox for sponsoring our giveaway and for sponsoring our show for all these years. Yay. So recently, I got to play a lot of games because... Oh my god, you sound and look so happy and I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so we have some friends who are fully vaccinated and we're fully vaccinated, so so we got to get together and play games. Yeah, it was hard to pick a game to talk about, but I'm actually talking about two things today. One of them is a puzzle type thing and the other one's a game that I played that I really liked. So firstly, I got a review copy of Funny Pages from the Enigma Emporium. The copy that I got is a promo pack. It's not the actual game. So Funny Pages is a puzzle in the form of a comic strip. You've heard me talk about Enigma Emporium before. They did these puzzle postcards, which were like ciphers and puzzles in postcards. And I've reviewed them before. They were difficult for me because I'm not that great at ciphers, but I still enjoyed them. But funny pages are puzzles in a comic panel. So it's one one panel per puzzle, or one puzzle, I guess, per comic. And each comic, the answer is a day of the week. So you have like a structure 
to the puzzle and you know kind of what you're going for. So it's easier than the puzzle postcards that I've done previously and easier to get into. So I got a promo pack of seven puzzles. The actual game is going to be on Kickstarter, I believe, and it's going to be like a whole month of puzzles. So like, I guess 30 or something, <laughs> plus meta puzzles to put them all in order because I guess they're going to be the days of the month or something. I did all seven of them. I actually did them on stream. And for some of the puzzles I got by myself, some of them the chat helped me. Um, and some of them I needed to ask for help, hints on Facebook. So you can actually do these puzzles yourself on their Facebook page. If you look up the funny pages from Enigma Emporium, they have a Facebook page and they respond if you message them <laughs> asking for hints. That's really but they have, cool. yeah, they have all of the promo pack puzzles there. So you can check to see if that's like what you like. They're all different types of puzzles because like some of them like worked really well with how I think and some of them I didn't really understand until I got a hint and then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and, and all of them also, the art styles are different too. So they look like different comic strips, even though they're all named the same comic strip because like they have this fake comic strip name. <laughs> oh, and then like for the actual physical part of the strip, I was expecting it to be like not great quality because it's just like a funny pages newspaper but it was on this nice linen finish cardstock and it was big like half a sheet of paper size um Ooh, that's so cool. yeah that, that was pretty nice but yeah you can go check out funny pages check out their facebook to see the puzzles to see if that's something that you would like and then i they're gonna be kickstarting soon i think i'm not sure when but if you follow them on facebook they'll announce it so that was funny pages from the enigma emporium and then for board games I got to play The Search for Planet X, which is a 2020 board game uh, designed by Matthew O'Malley and Ben Rossett. This is a deduction game where you're trying to locate Planet X. <laughs> um, so on the board, there's a bunch of segments on the board and like in each segment, there's different things. It's either empty space or like an asteroid or a comet or different things. And then one of them has Planet X. And each type of thing has different rules like... Um, asteroid has to be next to another asteroid and planet x can't be next to a dwarf planet and the dwarf planet has to be next to something or like i don't remember all the rules but there's certain rules and then there's an app that goes with it and we were talking about this last last episode how apps yeah. can help with deduction games and yes they it really definitely can. definitely helps in the search for planet x because you set up the game and there's different difficulty levels too like they can give you different amounts of information at the start depending on which difficulty you do and each player can pick a different difficulty too. So you can get like a handicap in the same game, which is really, neat. yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. And then the board itself has different difficulties. Like there's one that only has 12 sectors and one that has 18, I think. So that, that would be for everyone in the game. Yeah. So the way you're playing is, is you can only see half of the board at a time and you're scanning the sectors or, um, targeting a sector or like researching and so when you research that gives you some other rules so each game has the, the game has base logic rules and then each game in the app has like separate logic rules that you have to research to learn so you learn more logic rules within the game and then the app tells you like you can scan certain sectors and like I, I scan sectors one through five and it's like okay there's there's two asteroids in that if you're scanning for asteroids or something. So then you're like doing all this and doing deduction and you and you have to locate where planet X is. But it's not just that because you can publish theories too. So like during the game, you're going to be publishing theories about like, oh, I think sector five has an asteroid. And there's like a timer thing. You put that face down and then when it gets to the after three turns or something, it flips over. And if you're right, then you, you're going to get points for that. And if someone else like also guessed right, 
they get points as well. But then everyone gets that information now because they see that you guessed right and now they know what it is. So, so you get points for that, but then you also give away information. So you're, you're getting points for doing those small deductions during the game, but then also finding Planet X at the end. So that was very fun. I like deduction games and the app works really well with it. <laughs> this is one where like my friend was explaining how it works to me and I'm like, oh, I like this game like during the explanation. <laughs> I love it when you can tell that quickly yeah. when somebody I mean it was like that when you described Rosetta to me I literally was like yeah that's my favorite game <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. gonna be up there like how could I have not you know like yeah it's great when you know that quickly you're like oh this game is my jam <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be my favorite game but it, it's pretty good <laughs> yes <laughs> and Rosetta I don't think is my favorite game yeah. either but it's up, it's up there pretty high I yeah. can imagine but yeah that's the search for planet x Awesome. Yeah, that's that one's been on my like radar for a little while. Like I'm curious about it. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to try that one out, especially now that I like awkward guests so much. I'm mm-hmm. finding because I used to not like deduction, but then I played cryptid and I was bad at it, but I liked it. And I played awkward uh-huh. guests and I liked that. So <laughs> I, think, deduction. I think I yeah. just need deduction games that have more structure to them. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I'm still bad at Clue, so <laughs> like, I'm never going to be good at Clue. All right, well, the game I'm talking about is also similarly to Funny Pages, not quite released yet. It's coming to Kickstarter soon. It's called Jackpot Payout. The cool thing about this game, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a little while, if you remember, Ambie and I used to do an alliteration puzzle at the end of every episode. Those alliteration puzzles were inspired and written by Chip Beauvais, and this game is actually designed by Chip. So that's a pretty cool cool little fact. It's going to be published by Puzzling Pixel Games, and it is a light deck building game where each player has their own slot machine that they are going to be using their cards to fill in the reels of hoping to score jackpots. So in your starting deck, you only have a couple of each symbol. So the grapes and the cherries and the crowns, you only have a couple of each one. And so you can't score a jackpot very easily right away because you have to get three matching symbols in the reels on your board as you play cards from your deck to score a jackpot. So every time you play cards out, you get to pick up new cards from the display. And depending on if you have a matching pair on your board, it will allow you to potentially pick up more powerful cards that have multiple symbols on them or special powers on them, which will help you build up your deck, make it easier to get jackpots or to make it easier to acquire even better cards going forward. You can also add in wilds to your deck, although the goal is to score jackpots and those wilds won't help you too much except for just the scoring of the jackpot itself because what you're trying to do when you score those jackpots is get coins and the wilds generally do not have coins printed on them. So you only score the number of coins that's on the cards that are part of the jackpot. So whenever you score a jackpot, you take the coins and then all three cards get immediately removed from your deck. So if you get some really cool, powerful cards, that's awesome. But if they score a jackpot, then they get removed from your deck. So it's this interesting dance and balance where in a lot of deck building games, you're not culling cards quite as frequently, but in this game, you're potentially removing cards from your deck frequently. So your deck is very dynamic and changing, which is kind of neat. The game doesn't last super long either. As far as deck building games go, this is definitely lighter weight, more approachable than a lot of deck building games because there aren't a lot of complex rules. It's fairly simple. 
And the game ends when either the pool of available coins runs out, which is based on the player count, or when one player has six or fewer cards left in their deck, which when you're scoring those jackpots and removing three cards at a time is possible, but it's more likely that the bank of coins will run out first. My friends and I had fun playing this. Like deck building games are not always my jam. I really enjoy games like Clank where it's deck building, but also other stuff. Pure deck building games like Dominion have generally not been my thing, but this game is light enough and the theme is really interesting that I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, I live here in Vegas, so when when they reached out to me and they were like, hey, do you want to try our new deck building game that's based on slot machines? I was like, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> I like games with different unique themes and this yeah. one is cool. I think this one, if you like deck building games a lot, like you just love deck building games, this would be a good almost a filler weight deck building game for your collection. Or if you want to introduce deck building as a mechanism to people who are less experienced with hobby games, this would be a really good way to do it. Because even like everybody, even if you don't gamble, you're familiar with what a slot machine is. And it's really easy to be like, oh, just flip up the first three cards of your deck and put them on your board. Like, it's very simple to explain. Mm -hmm. People don't have to do a lot of complex stuff. So I think that this one is really neat. It is hitting Kickstarter as of now on June 8th, assuming nothing changes for them leading up to that date. So I think if you're if you're looking for a light deck building game, uh, you should definitely give Jackpot Payout from Puzzling Pixel Games a glance. Cool. Ambie, since it is our fifth anniversary, you suggested something that I thought was a really neat idea. And you said, what if we went back and talked about the same topic that we talked about in episode one? And then we realized that the topic that you and Cassidy and I talked about in episode one was board game conventions. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and at first glance, considering we are still in the middle of a global pandemic, that seemed like maybe not the best decision. But upon further reflection, I actually thought it would be neat for us to talk about what we think will be different or new mm -hmm. or what will change in regard to board game conventions going forward. Mm -hmm. I know not everybody, you know, we're not going to dwell necessarily on the pandemic itself, but I think large group gatherings for the foreseeable future aren't going to look the same as they always have. Mm -hmm. And how do we think that is going to affect the board game community? It could, and we could, we could even spin this off into game night meetup type things too, but it's board game convention specifically, like it's hard for me to picture a hundred thousand people, you know, like going to yeah. Essen or however yeah, many, like that's hard to imagine right now. And so like, what are your thoughts uh, immediately? Like, what do you think of when you think like, there are some conventions scheduled for the fall. We don't know for mm -hmm. sure what the first big convention is going to be right now. But like, what do you think that's going to look like when the first quote unquote big one happens? Well, I know Gen Con is happening, right? That's... Yes. I don't know when so, that is. <laughs> right now, Gen Con, Origins, BGG Con, PAX Unplugged. Uh -huh. Like oh. there's a whole bunch of conventions uh -huh. that are all happening in the span of like three months, I think, like or three or four months. Yeah, convention season, the end of convention season, huh? Like, because nor well, since normally some of those conventions would have happened earlier mm -hmm. in the year and they got yeah. moved, mm -hmm. and it. I'm guessing that most of those are going to go off in the fall now. Like I'm thinking that mm -hmm. they're going to happen, probably, but they're not going to look the way they used to. Yeah, they're probably going to be smaller and. 
with um, all of the digital conventions that happened this last year, I know people were talking about having like more digital options or like the possibilities of having digital and physical conventions, but that seems really difficult from a organizing standpoint because like being able to have a digital, uh, have like physical conventions, but then also be like streaming so that people can be participating virtually is very difficult if there's a lot of people and you need all of that bandwidth um, with with the internet and stuff. Oh yeah, that's so, the logistics of doing such yeah. a thing. I mean, Gen Con is doing it. Gen Con is doing... yeah technically three different things because they're doing the physical convention the mm-hmm. digital convention and like pop-up events at game stores oh really kind. yeah like yeah I but then having called. like all the personnel for all of that too <laughs> like which yeah um, gen con is one of the few organizations that like that can I think, do has the staff to pull something like that off yeah yeah so that that'll be interesting to see how that hap- how that works and it'll be really neat if having it be also virtual and like the pop-ups that opens it up to more people so that's cool Um, but yeah for like for the smaller big conventions (laughs) 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 like like i guess bgg and dice tower con like those they're not going to have a gen con staff to be able to do things like that Um, it takes all of their manpower to just do the physical convention so yeah i don't know i guess eventually it will come back to having a lot of people, but I don't know like how like if that's gonna be in the fall this year or like next year. <laughs> Cause for me, I'm I'm personally not going to many conventions because of other reasons, but um, <laughs> but I want to. Right. Yeah. Gosh. When was what was the last convention that you got to go to? Uh, Dice Tower Con in 2019. Okay, so it's been almost two years for you. Hmm. Which, you know, is understandable when you have twins. <laughs> yeah. We actually want to go to Dice Tower West in 2022. Yay! Like we, might, we might be able to do that. We don't know. We need to practice traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that makes sense to me. Traveling with two, it'll be two two-year-olds at that point. That yeah. sounds like a handful, to Fun. say the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what do, you, what do you think conventions are going to look like? So there's a couple things that I, like, I definitely think... Hand sanitizer has already kind of already existed at conventions. I think there will be more of a focus on hand washing and hand sanitizing in like general. I think there'll there'll be in more places and easier to get to. I hope this is a personal thing for me. I hope that mask wearing is still encouraged, even if it isn't required only Mm -hmm. because, well, not only because, but primarily because the thing that we've all been talking about and dealing with for literal years, like forever is con crud. Like everybody knows that con crud exists. And after a convention, a bunch of people inevitably get sick, usually with a bad cold or the flu or whatever Mm -hmm. random bug happens to be getting passed around. So like in my mind, if I'm going to be around a crowd of people, I kind of want to just wear my mask, not just because of COVID, but like, Hey, guess what? This past year I didn't get sick at all because like i don't remember what the numbers are exactly so i apologize if i get this wrong but in the united states the number of flu cases that happen annually in a typical year i want to say is in the like hundreds of thousands like it's a lot of flu Mm -hmm. cases Yeah, yeah and this past year 
Again, it's I like hope I did almost this right. eradicated. I think it was literally like four thousand, and that wasn't <laughs> deaths. That was just cases. Like how bananas is that? That like yeah. wearing masks and social distancing and all of that. Like I mean, it's not bananas. It makes perfect sense. But you know, <laughs> totally like it just sense, seems yeah. silly to think that like why weren't we kind of doing that all along? Like if you're sick, wear a mask. It's like people overseas have been doing this for years. I know. Yeah. So I do hope that like mask wearing is more common especially if you aren't feeling well like if you're not feeling great like put a freaking mask on just in case it's not gonna hurt anything (laughs) i also imagine that there will be specific types of events that won't happen anymore like the things that Mm -hmm. i'm thinking of probably are so the thing that you and i both loved at bgg con that big dexterity game area Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of like this big open space where like people can just walk up and try random games i'm wondering if things like that will still be around i know that like the virus at least covid specifically isn't as prevalent on hard surfaces but also like if you do need to go and disinfect stuff those things are kind of harder i would imagine to keep clean so but i I mean the board games themselves are also that's true like Like, the board game library library. (laughs) do you think do you think board game libraries will change at all i don't know Maybe they'll have, like, hand sanitizer at the entrance to the library or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, like, I know in some, like, businesses, specific items get quarantined for a certain amount of time after somebody has used them. So Mm -hmm. I wonder, in theory, if board game libraries would do something similar or need to do something similar. Where, like, when a game gets checked back in, maybe it doesn't immediately go back on the shelf again. I don't know. I have no idea scientifically if that would even really help. But, like, it's the kind of thing that I wonder if convention organizers are even, like, considering or thinking about at this point. It's, like, Mm -hmm. not even just, you know, like, will this make a difference? Not just that, but will this help put people at ease? Because Mm -hmm. the more things the convention organizers do and are thoughtful about, I think the more comfortable people like you and I would potentially be in coming into those spaces. Like, oh, they're really, like, they're doing, they're going above and beyond. You know, they're doing stuff that really, probably they don't even need to do, but clearly they're taking this seriously. I think that would make me feel a little bit better, potentially, even if it isn't necessary. Yeah. Like, it'll make you feel safer if they're taking safety precautions. Right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, uh, for me, like, if a board game convention doesn't have a code of conduct, that's always kind of been a red flag. And so for me, if they don't have procedures or practices in place to help mitigate the risk of you know, virus spreading, like that to me would also be a red flag, at least at this point. I hope that we reach a point where this stuff doesn't, you know, isn't as necessary anymore, obviously. (laughs) But I, and obviously a lot of people are getting vaccinated, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. If people are able to, you should definitely get the vaccine. But I also know there are people for, you know, various medical reasons who can't get the vaccine if they have Mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases or things like that. And so those are the people that I really worry about, like, they need to eventually hopefully be able to be come into these spaces too. And yeah. so those of us who can help protect them need to do so. So what do you think about like crowd size, spacing, like things like that? Because obviously board games are a social thing where you are sitting mm-hmm. in close proximity to potentially strangers. And then yeah. in the past, especially at like 
well, shoot, all of these events, like, often some of those spaces are packed to the gills with people. Like, if something's getting breathed into the air, you know about it. Like, if somebody had a garlic sandwich for lunch, you know about it. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't imagine being in a space like that right now. Right? Like, I'm trying, I'm picturing, it's weird, you'd think I would go to Gen Con first, but BGG Con is actually the thing that enters my brain. That one, at the old venue, because I didn't go to BGG Con after it moved, Mm -hmm. at the old venue, that one, like, main room Mm -hmm. where they had, like, some of the, like, hot games set up, and then, like, Mm -hmm. all of the tables were just filled all the time. (laughs) Like, it was just Mm -hmm. wall-to-wall people constantly. Yeah. And Gen Con, like, the shopping, the event Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The exhibit exhibitor hall. hall. Yeah. yeah, exhibitor hall. Yeah, that's that's very oh, packed. Like you, you can't literally can't walk, walk <laughs> two inches without bumping into somebody in a normal yeah. year. Yeah. So yeah, like I mean, even if attendance is lowered, either by choice or just by the fact that less people are going to want to go, how the conventions will enforce potential social distancing is definitely going to be tricky. Yeah. Could they have like limits on the number of people in a room, maybe? <laughs> I mean, I, that kind of feels like what would be best, but mm-hmm. I do like having, you know, the people on the ground to enforce those things will be difficult because yeah. if you're the first person that they say, oh no, you can't come in right now, you know that some people are going to get upset about that. Yeah, yeah. So I know like for the flea markets uh, at Dice Tower Con, they would limit the number of people in there, right? But that's just one event. So if you're doing it for the whole <laughs> like exhibit hall or the whole convention room (laughs) that would be yeah upsetting for the people waiting in line (laughs) i guess the the gist of all of this for me is that my hope is that both convention organizers and convention attendees will just be a little bit more thoughtful about Mm -hmm. their own behavior and the other people around them yeah you know we all tend to have moments where we get busy or distracted or whatever else and like you kind of forget that other people exist and (laughs) i think that hopefully more people will be like okay i need to pay more attention to what's going on like i can't just like barrel through the gen con hall and bump into whoever like i need to oh that there's that's crowded over there i'm i'll check out that booth later let me go to this other thing and not run for the new hotness. Although I hope they all also kind of do away with that to some degree. Like I don't want publishers like doing things that encourage people to behave badly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That mad rush for whatever hot game that only has X number of copies. Although shoot, that's going to be really difficult for publishers because yeah. how many copies of a game do you bring to a convention has always oh. been something very difficult for them to kind of suss out because you really don't know, like all it takes is one person kind of spreading the word about a thing and all of a sudden it's the hotness and everybody Mm -hmm. wants it. But if you bring too much inventory to a convention, I know that can be really expensive to like bring the games in and have to ship them back. Yeah, they don't want to ship them back. (laughs) No, I do not envy publishers who have to make that judgment call about Mm. like how many games they're going to bring because then yeah like sometimes you do accidentally create a scarcity of something without necessarily intending to and then everyone gets mad at you yeah they really do people get and it's so funny because i think if anybody paused for a few seconds and thought about that piece of it like how do they know to how many Mm. games to bring how like (laughs) 
I almost, do you think publishers could release some kind of a like, I mean, a Google form or something similar where they just like could gauge interest in their new titles? Like, hey, these are the games we're releasing at Gen Con. Are you attending Gen Con? Yes or no? Do you plan on buying a copy of this game? Yes or no? I feel like some publishers do that, right? Or they do have like pre-orders where you can pick it up they there do. and then they also... Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oink so, Games did that. Oink Games does pre-orders for some of their okay. games. And then they also bring more... extra ones because not everyone right. sees the pre-order thing. And then, <laughs> yeah. But that, so... that actually might be smarter for other publishers to pick up is that pre-order system. So like you can gauge a little more accurately what the interest level is going to be. And then if other people get interested and miss out, at least you gave, you had, they had the opportunity theoretically. Yeah. I think... To have it like work well, it would have to work with um, the actual convention and have the convention send out to all of the attendees so that you know that the attendees saw it. That's a good point. So yeah, working in theory, this might work better with like smaller conventions, whereas mm-hmm. some of the larger ones, I think that would be difficult to yeah. facilitate. But technically, if the convention wanted to... They could reach out to all of the people who are exhibiting and say, Mm -hmm. do you want to be included in this pre-order form? And literally, they could send out one giant form with the games Mm -hmm. that each exhibitor is like, okay, this is what we have available for pre-order. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that could theoretically work. (laughs) Now we're just trying to organize a convention. (laughs) I I mean, it's funny because I I help a little bit with Dice Tower West. So, like, (laughs) I'm kind of thinking... I know, I know. I don't, I'm not in charge of that piece of things. Like the, our retail area, the publishers, like that's not my uh, responsibility, but it's something I could theoretically suggest. Our retail part, like retail buying games isn't as big of a deal at Dice Mm -hmm. Tower West. Like we have retail available. We have publishers there, but it isn't like the, as much of the focus as it is at a convention like Gen Con. So, well, I, it's, this is a fun topic. We've talked about conventions a, cu- a handful of times throughout mm-hmm. the past, and I think it's a discussion that we'll definitely have more in the future. Needless to say, I don't think I'm going to any conventions in the near future, <laughs> but I'm really excited to go to one again eventually. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. Just in case you don't win after the Empire in a contest, you can still grab a copy for yourself on GameFound now. And if you want to get some other amazing Grey Fox games at a discount, just use the code BGBLITZ21 at checkout. They are offering Blitzketeers 20% off non-exclusive items on their website. Grey Fox Games. Quality games cleverly crafted. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mouse. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, share with me your fave game. Why don't you share with me your fave game? Share with me your fave game. Let's play it today. Bye, everyone. Bye. First. Uh, my friends and I had fun playing this. Like, deck building games are not generally my. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun. I was like, I can hold it together. <laughs> it's good. Um,